Welcome to episode five of season five of the Simplify and Multiply show. I guess we're five by five then, huh? Today, we're going to be talking with Keith Harmeyer, and we're going to be focusing on creativity, innovation, and business. And Keith is one of my favorite creative people, and you're going to love this conversation. So let's dive right in. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Well, hello there, Keith, and welcome, welcome, welcome to season five of the Simplify and Multiply show. We're going to have a creative jam today, we aren't are. we? We are. Season five. You've been doing this that long? That's amazing. Uh, yes, I do that just to make it sound important. <laughs> it's good it is important, Terry. It is. It is. It's very important, and I'm very passionate about this project, so I'm thrilled that you're here today, and especially in this season around how creativity transforms your business. So I'm just going to dive right in and tell everybody that you are you are skilled in so many different <laughs> ways. You and I met through NSA, through the Florida Speakers Association, and hit it off immediately because I remember when we had lunch <laughs> and we were like comparing notes about creative problem solving and going to all these events, and you told me about smart storming. And we just kind of like were two little hens in a box just chatting about all this creativity. Yeah. So t can you talk a little bit about some of the, the things that you did do in this space just to kind of give us a little bit of context? Sure. Well, I, I, as I, uh, I say in my keynote presentation, I am what many people would refer to as a creative type, and I have been most of my life. And uh, all that really means is that I never, uh, ever had to work at a real job, which is great. Um, I, my first career was as a professional opera singer, believe it or not. Love it. Um, I, uh, I actually was a singer and actor and uh, moved from my hometown of New Orleans to New York to pursue that career. Um, after a few years, um, I somehow found myself working in an advertising agency. And that's, uh, <laughs> that's, a that's big where, it, it, you know, it was, um, and yet I, I never could have imagined how my musical and performing background was going to help me. Um, mm. in a 25-year career in advertising. So I spent the next two wow. and a half decades working in New York City advertising agencies as a creative professional. So I started as a copywriter. I, by the end, I was an executive creative director, and I managed the nice. creative process. But but my, my background was really helpful because I had to do things like write jingles. Um, so my musical mm. background was important. Obviously, presenting my ideas, which is at least as important uh, as coming up with them, is your ability to present them and sell them. Um, which is something we could talk about, but uh, it really prepared me well. So I spent uh, that much time, and my job, um, I, I can't imagine a higher pressure creative environment than the advertising world, because you literally Especially are- Especially in New York. Just, uh, and yep. In New York, I mean, where you're really uh, competing mm. with the best of the best. But my job every day was to come up with ideas to help grow my clients' businesses, and not just crazy advertising ideas, although that was part of it, but strategic mm -hmm. ideas for- um, for new products and services, uh, for employee engagement, for customer service, 
I, I really, and, and you know, on demand. When, when the need was there, I, I couldn't wait for the muse to arrive. I had to come up with, with some different ways to solve problems and, uh, and capitalize on opportunities. So it was, uh, it was a, great, uh, a, a great environment. And about 10 years ago, I left that world. Um, I left my last job and started a business, Smart Storming, um, mo- primarily to teach other people to do what I did for all those years. So training, uh, keynote presentations, all around creativity and specifically the relationship between creativity and innovation and how that applies Mm. to business, which I think is what we're here to talk about today. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, of course, the speaking thing came up. And it's to me, that seems like a blend of all of the things that you really honed your skills at. It it is. And once again, it, 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 it it really has been gratifying to me because it does allow me to call on all the things that I've done. So obviously, as a speaker, you get up in front of audiences, and uh, so that that performer part of me uh, gets gets to play a little bit. Uh, but I but I also get to you know I'm a, I do training and I I get a lot of uh, gratification, a lot of enjoyment out of helping other people tap into their own creative abilities. So. So being able to teach what I did all those years and teach people how to do it and how to gain a little more creative confidence, which I think is so critical in business today, uh, it's really gratifying. So yeah, I get to use all that. And I even sing a little bit, Terry, as you know, you've heard me do that (laughs) at the urging of my colleagues in the speaker world. I now include a little singing in my presentation. So (laughs) I love it. And I think that's what makes you so, so unique and so enjoyable, really. It's just... Yeah, it's remarkable. And and I really agree with you on creativity being something that can be trained and can be learned. Oh, sure. And so many people have such a mental block around I'm not creative, I don't draw, I don't, you know, they take creative more in the literal sense of like artistic mm-hmm. creative when in fact it's really in the context of creating something from nothing, whether it's an idea, concept, you know, uh, an improvement of something, a reduction of something, where something changes based on a concept, a desire that was driven by something where there's a need or a problem to solve. And that's why I love creative problem solving, because it is a form of creativity Mm, uh, that comes from all that. And I also want to go back to what you said about you know, using creativity to present ideas. Mm -hmm. So not just the literal sense of coming up with a new ad campaign, for example, when you were in advertising, but actually pitching, being able to pitch that. Because what I thought of uh, while I was listening was how as solopreneurs, we have to work so hard at presenting, marketing, and selling our ideas so we can grow our business, get more clients, et cetera. Whether we're selling that idea through a book on the stage or on a sales call or in marketing material. And I think that creativity can be hugely powerful in how we do that because we're all being taught kind of these templated, this is how you need to sell, step one, do this, step two, do that. And it's all very templated and scripted. And I think that can be very cumbersome because people get more caught up in the script and doing it right or doing a process as opposed to stepping back and thinking, how can I make this fun? How can I make this more creative? Or how can I present myself in such a way that's, that that person or those people will hear me differently? Exactly. So uh, it's really interesting you bring this up because um, I believe that effective creativity, innovation, 
which we'll, uh, I guess, get into, um, is absolutely inextricably connected to the ability to communicate persuasively. So the best ideas mm. in the world, the most innovative ideas in the world are worthless if you're not able to persuade others to buy into them. So it's, it's actually an area that I'm going to start doing a whole lot more work in, both training and speaking. Um, this, this idea of how to create win-win relationships with our clients, with our customers, by delivering the value that they want, but being able to persuade them to buy into what we're offering and to, and to give us what we want. So it's a, it's, a, it's a really important part of the innovation process. People have to buy your ideas. You, you, you yes. can't just have the ideas. They actually have to, you have to be able to sell them through. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire, uh -huh. Keith. I want you to tell us more about this new thing that you're working on. Well, it actually because has a name. Uh, the, the title of this body of work is called, uh, I'm calling it Playing to Win-Win. And nice. it's really, and I will be focusing on similar audience to yours, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, small business owners, solopreneurs, teaching them mm. the process. And, and so, Terry, you're a marketer by background. Um, teaching yes. them the process that we use as marketers to convince our audiences to buy or to buy into whatever it is we're asking them to do. Teaching individuals how to apply those same, those same concepts, how to <clears throat> get a deeper understanding of their customer, what their real needs and drivers are. We, we, we can't possibly deliver value to our clients or customers if we don't know what they value. Right, we have to. We exactly. have to. We have to understand them now. Marketers, advertisers know this. They spend tons of money getting to know and understand their their customers and their clients on an intimate basis. If we do the same thing as solopreneurs, gain a, a really deep, intimate understanding of what makes our customers tick, what they value, then we can then in turn deliver that value to them in a way that's really meaningful and relevant. And that's uh, that's the only way, in my opinion, to be successful today. I, I would say success in business is much less something you achieve than it is something you earn. You have to be given success by others, and that's not going to happen unless mm. you are able to persuade them like to come around to your way of thinking. Yeah, so let's unpack this a more, little bit more mm -hmm. deeply in your world. Yeah. So talk about some of the things that you're doing in your mind as you're brainstorming and coming up with ways to put all of this win-win together mm -hmm. so you can bring it to market. So yeah. sh share exactly some of the things that you're doing, some of the mental exercises, the chin-ups and the yeah. push-ups that you're doing <laughs> to get this so you can make this work as a new aspect of your business. Well, all creativity, all and, and again, we're talking about creativity here in a business context. So you're you're of, of course exactly right. The reason we get hung up on this topic of creativity is that mm -hmm. so many of us think I can't draw a simple stick figure. I can't sing happy birthday in tune. I can't write a line of poetry, so I mustn't be very creative. But we're what we're talking about here is coming up with creative solutions to problems or to challenges. That's really what it's what it's all about. Um, and it is absolutely creativity. It is, as you said, coming up with something where uh, just a moment before there was nothing. We didn't have a solution. Now we right. have to come up with one. Um, the So all innovation begins. The first thing that happens in the innovation process is a challenge. That's It all begins mm -hmm. with a challenge or a problem. If we, if we don't have something to solve, then we don't have to come up with a creative solution to that, that that solves that problem. So it has to. We have to identify the challenge. The trick is knowing what the challenge is, and we often don't. 
we often aren't clear on that. So I think the first thing anyone needs to do if they want to innovate their business, if they want to be more creative, is identify something that needs to be improved, right? We need to identify something right. that, that would benefit from a more creative solution and really make sure that we're clear. So, so the first step in the process is being clear on your objective. What is it that you're trying to achieve? Again, as marketers, we know that. Um, when I worked in advertising, I would never put paper, uh, pen to paper without being crystal clear on what it was I was trying to achieve. What was my objective? So that's the first thing we need to do. Be, be very, very clear on that. And then the next uh, most important thing in this process is to get out of your own way. The, oh, God, that's so hard as a solo, though, because we live inside the jar. We can't read that label. It's, it's very, very difficult. Um, and it takes practice. It takes discipline. It, ironically, it takes discipline to allow ourselves to be freer, right? It sounds, mm -hmm. it sounds uh, uh, contradictory, but, but we need to practice that. Well, the, the, the things that get in the way of creativity and, and innovative thinking are, uh, first and foremost, self-doubt and self-criticism. We have to oh, shut amen. that. We have to shut that <laughs> voice off. So the way you do that is you, you make a deal, right? I make a deal with myself. For the next 10 minutes, anything goes. I don't care how stupid it might sound. I don't care how silly, mm. how impossible to, to achieve it is. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it time to breathe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the idea down on paper. Or I'm going to type it out for 10 minutes. After that, I can switch. I can then become self-critical again and begin to look at how feasible things are, work out the, the, the kinks. But for 10 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever that time period is, right. I, anything goes. We, we've all heard the expression, there's no such thing as a bad idea. And what that expression, and of course there are, there are ideas that are less good, right? There are ideas that are impractical. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way but to put it, what being that, democratic. But, yeah, <laughs> but what that means is that while we're coming up with ideas, we let everything live. We give if we will never come up with that big, bold, game-changing idea if we start shooting things down while we're generating no. ideas. God, Keith, I can't. I, I'm like over here nodding like crazy. Like this is amazing <laughs> because I can so relate because I've published six books. I've written seven, but I've only published six, and I'm getting to ready to start another book called Flying Solo. And what I've noticed as a writer, and what I've grown into as a writer. And I'm such a perfectionist, and that's like the worst condition to have. But as I'm writing, I find that I write higher quality content, higher quality writing, if I turn off my editor, mm -hmm. if I turn off that, you know, while I'm writing, I'm kind of like going back over that sentence mm -hmm. and wordsmithing or looking for a better adjective or because the writing, just like the example you share about the ideation, it's a flow. Absolutely. And if we if we have that, you know, that little like our mom on our shoulder going, don't pick up that thing, you know, and yelling at us all the time. Yeah. <laughs> we can't let that flow happen. And as you were saying that, I, I immediately thought to when I was in the throes of my last book and how much I've grown as a writer to be able to turn that off. And it is a skill you have to do intentionally. So I'm so glad you talked about it that. It takes some practice. Um, you know, Linus Pauling, the famous medical researcher, is a, a quote. He said, the way to come up with a good idea is come up with lots and lots of ideas and then get rid of mm -hmm. the ones that don't work. And, and yeah. you know, we always say in our, in our work in smartstorming, um, out of out of a hundred ideas, and that, that's not an exaggeration, by the way. I, I have clients who hire me to come in and facilitate sessions 
for them using my process, uh, our process. Um, in a in a session, yeah, you know, half day session, hundreds and hundreds of ideas will be generated when I do wow. that. Hundreds. I'm not exaggerating. Um, mm. But out of every hundred ideas that get generated, only three or four are going to be real gems. But you have a lot better chance of coming up with three or four real gems if you come up with a hundred than if you come up with three or four, right? So we want to we want to come up with lots of ideas. We want to let our minds just free. So I'm, I'm going to get a little technical on you here. This is all in, in my book. Uh, no, this but is this great. is a topic that uh, is fed back all the time in my training sessions. Clients will say that this is the most meaningful thing they learned. There are two ways our minds work when we're trying to solve problems. Um, and we refer to those as divergent thinking and convergent thinking, right? So when we're generating, and, and divergent thinking is just exactly what it sounds like. We're expanding our thinking in all different directions. We're divergent. Mm -hmm. we're, we're not trying to focus on one simple thing. We're exploring as many different possibilities as we can. That's where we want to be and we want to stay there while we're generating ideas. Convergent thinking is when we take all of that stuff and then condense it down to the to the gems that we want to walk away with. Yeah, you pick the winners. Both are yeah. really important thinking processes, but they they have to be done separately. What do we normally do? Oh, here's an idea. Oh, here's an idea. Oh, that'll never work. That's terrible. Yeah. Oh, here's an idea. Oh, here's an we idea. Oh, no, that's stupid. Kill that's it. a stupid idea. You can't do that. <laughs> so we never get expanded. We, we, we come up with one or two ideas yeah. and then shoot it down. And then we come up with another and we shoot it down. And we never allow our brains to get out there. So what we teach in our programs and uh, what I do when I facilitate is to help people stay in that place of divergence while we're generating ideas. We'll switch later on when it's time to judge and evaluate and and uh, and and select the best, which is a whole other process, yeah, right. by the way. People do. They want to rush to find the conclusion and just absolutely. But I I am so glad you pointed that out, that distinction out, because the more you I don't want to say force, but the more you allow yourself to just keep running down that highway and spewing all the ideas the the more you're going to be surprised by what comes out and i and that's how it is for me when i write it's like i can't believe i just wrote that that's pretty yeah. awesome <laughs> you if you know? let yourself but get it's in that, only when i let yeah. that just kind of go and get flow in that place and, of flow and, and that's what we we call it that um you know now we're we're speaking here mostly to solopreneurs so we're work as you say we're working on our own sometimes much harder because our self-judgment yeah. is way harsher than the judgment that we impose on each other. But I always say, if you get, if you talk about a traditional brainstorming session with people, you get three or four people in a room, all of whom uh, are willing to say something stupid, magic happens. So, so, so even yes, to, because they feed off oh, each sure, other. Of course. So even yeah. the solopreneur working alone, you know, that lonely uh, problem solving session where you're sitting there, allow yourself to be silly, allow yourself to do things, mm -hmm. to say things or think things that might seem a little absurd because that's where the gold comes. You, it is, it is highly unlikely you're going to come up with a truly innovative idea if you're not willing to push the push the limits. I agree. Yeah. I agree, and I've I've lived it myself, and I've worked with clients in similar situations. Another thing that I've noticed, and I'd love for you to speak on this a little bit, uh, is when you're doing that divergent brainstorming and you're coming up with all just like you know stream of consciousness of ideas. Another thing that gets in the way is figuring out how to make it, how to bring it about. Absolutely. Like, oh, I can't do that. I don't have the right. money. Or I can't do that. I don't have the know-how. Or I don't know someone who can do that. And that kills it as well. So speak to that. 
Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. I challenge you to be more creative in your business, to innovate, to simplify. But if you're thinking, oh, I'm not creative, or I don't have time to brainstorm ideas, or even my business is just fine the way it is, well, I'm gonna challenge those assumptions because they will kill your profitability. They're all stories and excuses preventing your business from being better, from running smarter, from being more satisfying and fulfilling for you. Wouldn't it be great if your brand, products, and processes were able to do more? To resonate with your target clients more effectively? To be a more personal experience for existing clients? To become relevant again instead of stale and dated? Yeah, I thought so. So if you'd like to pump some vitality back into your business using creativity, innovation, and simplification, book a free creativity call with me by visiting pappychat.com. Give your business the battery jump it needs to provide more stability and profitability. Get your free creativity call on the calendar now by visiting pappychat.com. Let's you and I brainstorm something amazing for you and your business. We refer to that as getting stuck in the weeds, right? We So you yes. don't want to be in the weed. There, there, once again, there will be a time to work those things out. But you want to mm -hmm. forcibly force yourself to not go there until it's time to go there. So, so of course, it all has to be figured out. But, but it's that's just another part of convergent thinking. Convergent, uh, another part of convergent thinking is figuring out the logistics of how it's going to happen. There's a time to do that, but it's not when you're coming up with the ideas. And so, we we actually have uh, techniques. I use techniques in my work sometimes that give people permission to think really crazy things. So uh, one example is a, a, a technique we call what if. It's future gazing. Oh, I love yeah, what if. So it's, it's a future gazing <laughs> technique. So let's we, have a, we yeah. have a challenge to solve. And so what we tell people is, all right, for the next 15 minutes, we are living 100 years in the future. We have no limitations of any kind, no technological limitations, no financial budgetary limitations, none. We can do anything. This is like Star Trek. We can do whatever the heck we want to do. What would you do? And and it's 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 we're just going to play. Let's play. Let's play. What if? Let's play. Then it's a struggle for people initially. It sometimes is, but when you but when you put yeah. it in the context of we're just it's all it's fantasy. We're gonna we're gonna play yeah. science fiction here. Spend 10 minutes coming up with the craziest, non-impossible ideas. That you, and then we say, now, let's take the three or four here that we feel resonate with us, that we feel there's something right. there, and pull them back. How can we pull those back just enough to where we can keep the essence of what it is we're trying to do, um, but make it something that we can actually accomplish with the resources we have at hand. So we, so we're forcing them to be completely divergent, and then, and then we give permission to be convergent and pull it back. And amazing ideas come from that because, because when you free yourself to to think even the most audacious things, we can always pull back an audacious idea. But but taking a, a boring idea and making it more interesting is very difficult. So we use techniques like that to help 
people to help free people up. We have a, an idea we call bad to good. It's sometimes referred to as worst ideas. We actually, when people are stuck and they're struggling trying to come up with good ideas, we say, okay, let's not come up with good ideas. Let's come up with bad come ideas. Come up with bad ones. So for the next 10 minutes, we're going to come up it. with bad ideas. <laughs> Things that would get us arrested, things that would get us fired, things that, things that, you know, things that might get us reported to HR. It doesn't matter. Come up with the worst ideas you can come up with. And then we flip them, right? We figure out how we can take those yeah. bad ideas and, and take something that's essential about them and then turn it into something good. We reverse them. We, we, we find the nugget in it that we can, we can make use of. So, th you, so these, we, you know, these, um, these techniques. So in our work at Smart Struggle, by the way, there's three different areas that we teach um, for brainstorming. Uh, one is a structured process. So you, you have to have a process. All creative people, uh, whatever they're, how the, however they're manifesting their creativity, they all follow a process. Whether they know they do or not, they follow a process. This has been studied extensively. So there is a there is a creative process. We teach a structured process that people can follow with that, that in, includes planning ahead of time, uh, identifying your challenge and your objective, of course, idea generation. Um, in group situations, there's also leadership skills that are necessary. So in order to be able to guide and inspire a group, you have to have some skills. The third piece of the the third leg of the stool, if you will, is problem solving techniques. We call that mm. the crack. That's what that's like what everybody <laughs> wants, right? All of our clients love that. And in fact, in in, in my book, in in, in the, the smart storming book, we have instructions for twenty different problem solving techniques. So, so you know, so for example, I just I just mentioned a couple things like a SWOT analysis. That's a problem solving mm -hmm. technique. Yeah. Uh, people who are familiar things, yeah. with mind mapping, right? That's a problem solving technique. Uh, these techniques can really help people free up their thinking and and uh, and come up with ideas in new and different ways than they could otherwise. And right. so it's it's they're just sort of tricks to trick us into thinking a little bit differently than we would otherwise. And that's how that's how you get out of your own way. Yeah, and that's good. And that's I think this is great. Um, and I'm going to mention to the listener that I will have links to uh, Keith has a bunch of freebies yeah. that he's going to happy to share as well as a link to his book, Smart Storming, that will actually give you the how-to of all these types of exercises. Absolutely. And whether you use them collaborative, collaboratively. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like um, in episode three of this season, I interviewed Troy Hazard, and he talked about this group that he had of not a mastermind, but a sort of like a, a oh, what did he call it, advisory mm -hmm. group. And these are our colleagues of his that they get together and they just challenge each other with ideas yeah. and because they're none of them are in the same industry they're in very different industries and they've been doing this for years for decades and it enables them to be not only held account but to also come up with really innovative uh, ways to do it so as a solo we talked a lot about how you can bring in you know create your own advisory group because i believe as you already mentioned and i touched on when you are able to do this type of creativity and innovation and brainstorming and problem solving and divergent and all that stuff in a group, mm -hmm. when you have other people, you feed off of each other. Absolutely. So one person will say one thing and you'll be like, oh, yeah, and then you can do this. And then the next person will be like, oh, wait, and then we can go this way. So it becomes this riffing yes. thing where it you get so much more value out of it. So for a solo to look at possibly creating their own brainstorming group of a variety of people that can use the techniques that you have in your book and that you've shared here 
to actually come up with some of these solutions to problems. And they could be any type of problem, not just the super visible ones that like, you know, how do I get more clients or how do I spend less money on marketing? And, you know, it can be ways you serve your clients or how can you create a better customer experience for your clients? And, and there's a ton of different ways, like life-work balance. You can even use it for anything where you want to improve, change, simplify, expand. Uh, it's just, that's the fun Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. And, I, and I would encourage, I mean, look, you're a solopreneur. I'm a solopreneur. I actually have a, a, a business partner, but a lot of my work is, is, uh, is, is solo. Um, I would encourage your listeners to reach out to other people. There are a lot of wonderful uh, benefits to being a solopreneur. But, mm-hmm. but one of the challenges is that you're working by yourself all the time. And, and yeah. it, 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 it does help. We call it the popcorning of ideas. That's, that's a phrase that we mm. use in our work. When you have yeah. other people there, you, you feed off of each other and the energy happens. And when everybody is able to get out of their own way and get out of each other's way, and you can start to actually have that flow happening with a group of people, it's magical. Mm-hmm. So so it I would is. encourage people to do that. You know, I, I, I want to say a little something here, Carrie, and you know, maybe you've talked about it in, in previous episodes this season, but why all of this is so important today? Because I think that's what, you know, we, mm-hmm. we talk about creativity and innovation and boy, is it fun and and uh, well, boy, I wish I could be like Apple and Google and Facebook, but but this is really important stuff today. You know, we we yes. whether we, whether we like it or not, innovation has become the benchmark of success in business. Every successful company, the companies that we all wish we could be more like, are the ones that are considered to be the most innovative. And there's a reason for that. And the reason is that because of technology, because of the internet, because of access to information, because of all of those things, we could talk about that for a week. But we have all, every one of us, have come to expect continuous evolution and improvement. All of us. You do. I do. Um, I I have an iPhone. I like my iPhone. I have no idea what I'm going to want my iPhone to be in a year, but I know it's not going to be what it is right now. I know I'm going to right. want a newer, better iPhone. I would say co- companies used to thrive for decades, not that long ago, decades with just one good idea. Today, you need a good mm-hmm. idea every year, every season, every month, some industries every day. Uh, imagine if Apple introduced a new product every 10 years. How quickly do you think we would forget them? We'd forget them. <laughs> Not at the rate of our consumption. So today, you really only have two choices. You either innovate or you stagnate. <laughs> yes. And stagnation no, very quickly leads to, to extinction. We, we have to continuously reinvent ourselves and the value we deliver. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we become irrelevant. I always say, if, you're, if you don't show up with something new, somebody else will. They will. And what I want the listener, um, what I want the listener to hear in that, and I'm so glad you distinguished it that way, Keith, because uh, you're right. It's all about relevancy because there's so much out there, and we're all exposed to all of it, and it's it's a lot. Yeah. It really is. But it doesn't need to be dramatic. No, it could be something extremely fine tuned. It can be a small adjustment. It can be a very subtle edit or adjustment to something that you're already doing or that you're pointing out. One of the things that I work with with my clients is selling to the gap. Mm-hmm. And that means that they're selling to an unserved part of the market that arises because there are too many other service providers in the general area. So if there's a gap that appears, but nobody's noticing it, sell to the gap. Yes. 
And that way it enhances your niche and your communications are more precise. That's one example of how you can do that and become more relevant. So just something small. It doesn't need to be like inventing a whole new iPhone or inventing the iPhone to begin with. I think a lot of people think or they have an understanding of innovation mm -hmm. as something like landmark, you know, like mind blowing. That's going to be, you know. Yes in the newspapers kind of thing. And it does it. It so, doesn't need to be like so, that. I'm so glad you brought that up. It's such an important point. So um, in our work, we, we identify three different types of innovation. Um, there is what we all think of as innovation. That's revolutionary innovation. That is extremely rare. It, it happens so seldom that something is truly revolutionary or, or disruptive is the term we hear a lot. There's evolutionary, which is where we take something that exists and, and fundamentally change it. Uh, so from the propeller engine to a jet engine is a good example of right. that. That was evolutionary uh, innovation. Still did the same thing, got, got up in the air and took you from one place to another, but we fundamentally changed it. By far, the most common type of innovation that we see every day is incremental innovation. It's just taking mm. something that already exists and making it better. That's innovation. Mm. So you, I'm glad you brought up the iPhone, one of my favorite uh, examples, because it's, it's, you know, it's, kind of, it's kind of a cliche. The first iPhone was arguably evolutionary. It, did, it didn't do anything that couldn't be done already, but it did it in a fundamentally different way. Every iPhone since is incremental innovation. They, yes. But Apple comes out with a new phone. They make a better camera. That's all they do. They make a better camera. Maybe it's a tiny bit bigger. And millions of people run out to buy it. They haven't, <laughs> they haven't reinvented the wheel. They've just taken... No, they've trained us they've very trained well. They've trained us quite well, yeah. And they <laughs> yes. make our old one run slower and slower every day. But, but, <laughs> but they, that's incremental innovation. They took what was already there and they improved it. They tweaked it. They made it a little bit better. That's all you have to do. But you have to. <laughs> you have to do it. Yeah. You have to continuously. Yeah. So I, I, there's a term that I use in my work now um, a lot. I call it everyday innovating because that's what mm. we need to be everyday innovators. Every day oh, your okay. audience should be showing up and asking themselves, what can I improve? Where, where is there friction? Where is there a slowdown? Where is there, uh, or where is there an opportunity for me to deliver a little bit more value? And as, as you said, we're not just talking about in your product or service. It could be in the way you communicate with your customers. It could be in the, in the, in the, the, the technology you're using to interact with them or, or internally. What could you do today to make your business a tiny bit better? Because that's how you remain relevant. And that's how you uh, be able to establish some degree of loyalty on the part of your customers. There's not a lot of loyalty left, but they'll, they will stay loyal as long as you continue to serve them. Well, I can think of two things that are very easy that they can do to incrementally improve their business. One is listen to the Simplify and Multiply Absolutely. show. And two is to buy your smart storming book. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on those. I'm... <laughs> so to wrap this up, Keith, I mean, we could just go because you and I are birds of a feather when it comes to creative problem solving and all that work. And But just to wrap up, what are some of the things that you could share as far as stimulators or... Um, I don't know what the right word is, for the solopreneur to step back and take a more objective look at what they're doing. Not necessarily come at it from a problem perspective, mm -hmm. but maybe just step back and look at their business and say, what are some of the things that I'm not doing that I would like to do? Because so much of what I'm pushing in this particular season is 
don't be innovative and creative just for innovation and creative no. creativity's sake. Do it because you are going to enjoy your business more. And and that to me is the joy of, of being in a solopreneur business mm -hmm. is we get complete command and control of our of how we view life, how we enjoy life. And the more we're engaged and excited about what we're doing, the better we're gonna be able to provide service to the people we serve and help our communities and all the things that are important to us. So if I was a solopreneur and you were trying to help me maybe freshen things, reinvigorate things, just look at my business and again, being in the jar, you can't read the label. What would you say or suggest for a solo to start thinking about? It's a, it's a great question. I, and I, you know, you, you mentioned one thing that I do want to reinforce is that none of this is for the sake of novelty. Novelty is, is novelty has a, we always say novelty has a very short shelf life. Um, it can be yeah. fun. It can be interesting. Nothing wrong with novelty, but it's not going to keep you in business. Novelty will not keep you in business. Innovation, our definition in smart storming is the introduction of something new or different, doesn't have to be totally new, that delivers greater value or benefit. It must deliver greater value to somebody. Um, could be your, within your organization. It could be outside your organization to your customer, obviously. Um, I love your concept of the gap, Terry. And that's, as I said you know, at the start, Innovation, creativity always begins with a challenge, with, with a challenge to, to make something happen that isn't happening currently. So I, and, and I, I don't like to only talk about problems, although you know, we, when we say problems, we, we mean it in the bigger sense of a, of a, of a challenge. But what I would uh, encourage your, your listeners to do is, um, and I love your notion about enjoying it, what would make your business better not only for your customers, but for you. What what yes. is currently going on in your business that you would enjoy, that would make that you could change and 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 make you and allow yourself to enjoy it more and deliver greater value to your to your customers. And you know, I always say you need to develop this this mindset of being a detective. Be on the lookout. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it does often happen with friction, right? So if you if you hear if you if you see a roadblock in your business, something that is getting in the way, something that's taking longer than it ought to, or certainly if customers are, have complained or you've lost the customer for some reason, right. ask oh, yourself yeah. what's behind that. Really get to the core of what that's about, and then how can I make it better? It's really very simple. Identify something that can be improved. Take a shot. Try something. Right? right. Give you have to take action. Take some action, and then refine that action. Keep refining it until you come up with a solution. It's really quite simple. Absolutely. So I I love this idea of what would you, what would make it more gratifying for you as a solopreneur to do business? Mm -hmm. How could you do business in a way that would make it better for you and deliver greater value for your customer? That's a great place to begin. And then I and then it. try something. Just give it a try. Exactly. And even I can even give an example in my own business. One of the things that I look at in my business when I ask those types of questions is I'm doing too much. Mm -hmm. That's always been my problem as a solo because I enjoy doing everything. Sure. <laughs> you know, I love writing. I love designing. Common, that's a I common challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I love I, it. DIY I, syndrome, it, I call it. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> DIY syndrome. It's to, but I do it for my clients and I do it for myself and. One of the things for me to look at 
what could be a way I could serve my clients better is to start delegating yeah. more. And I have been. Good. I've actually grown up a little bit <laughs> in the last few years, and I am delegating a lot more. And what that does is it frees me up to to add more time to what is giving me the highest pleasure, mm-hmm. and which I don't want to give up, you know, which is like you know, working on strategy right. and talking with my clients and living in that ideation phase with them. So they're feeling that they're heard and that they their ideas are being delivered oxygen so they can take it to the next level as well because they struggle doing it on their sure. own. So meanwhile, I can have, you know, my team building the website, you know, drafting the copy, doing the research, you know, a lot of that pragmatic stuff and even the fundamental things about business like bookkeeping and prospecting and things like that. I mean, get people to help you. That's a wonderful way to free up what gives you the most joy. And I think that that fits right into innovating your business is to work smarter, not harder. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Well, Keith, it has been absolutely a pleasure. I wish we could have just gone on and on and on. I'll have to have you back for another episode uh, to talk more because you've had so many wonderful things uh, to share with my listener. And I'm so glad that that you're a friend and a colleague. And I wish you immense success with this expansion in your business into the win-win Thank you very, very much. Now, before we leave, would you like me to treat you to to a tune? I would love okay. a tune. I just prepared a couple of lines for you. I'm going to back up a little bit from my mic because I'm pretty loud. My parents spent a lot of money on voice lessons. so um, <clears throat> But here we go. You ready? Yes. Yes, I'm singing. Does that make you happy? It's not what you'd expect on a podcast by Terry Pappy. But mixing opera and innovation, come on, admit that's an innovative combination. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I can just hear the applause. applause. Now, is that innovation? I'm not sure, but... (laughs) I just, and I so appreciate you for, for being you on this show and bringing all of your talents to my listener and to me. And I'm so happy you're in my life, Keith. I love you to Thank pieces. Thank you, Terry. And thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. As you said, we could talk about this for weeks and I'm sure we'll talk about it a I lot know, more. So, and, and I wish, we could oh, sure. oh, and by the way, um, yes, I, I know you'll post this, but um, all yes. your listener has to do is send an email, blank email, doesn't have to say anything, to Keith free gifts, K-E-I-T-H-F-R-E-E-G-I-F-T-S at gmail.com, and they will get an auto response back with some links uh, to some cool stuff that I think they'll enjoy. Awesome. That's great. Thank you for that. And yes, I will have that on the show notes page. So just hit up simplifymultiply.com and you can get access to all that and connect. I highly recommend that you connect with Keith on all the social platforms and keep an eye out for what he's building because it's going to be super exciting. I would love to hear from all your listeners. And yeah, I think uh, there's some cool stuff coming. So thank you, Terry. I enjoyed this. You're very welcome. Thanks for being here. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. 
That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.